I give me just one second. We're gonna check the audio real quick. Make sure we sound all right, and then we will get started. Bear with me. That's why we start a little early. All right, audio is good. We will get right into it. Welcome to the Average Intelligence Podcast. As you can see in the title, this is another solo special because one of us decided that preparing for a Florida trip was more important than the podcast. Actually, he's got a point. I can't really blame him for that. But anyway, you're stuck with my ramblings for a night. But I think tonight's going to be interesting because we're, well, we, I'm going to talk about COVID passports and anyone who's watching, feel free to join in because I would rather it not be a one-sided conversation, particularly if you are pro the passports, because I would like to hear and debate your point of view, because I'll be honest, I'm, I'm on the whole, I'm, I'm going to say it right now, I'm biased to a point because I am anti-COVID passport. However, I understand some parts of it, like I understand why some people would want it. My belief is they're just not considering the potential negative consequences of that. So, and the reason this is, this is a messy topic because we're indirectly or unintentionally rather going to be getting into topics like vaccinations in general, not just the COVID vaccine and Particularly for me, because I am not an anti-vaxxer. I am very pro-vaccine. My issue with COVID, well, we'll get into that, but I have some issues with the COVID vaccine. Not so much that there's a vaccine, but the requirement for making people take it in order to do basic everyday things, at least how they're proposing, some people are proposing. And then other parts such as, such as mask wearing, mask mandates, I should say. There's nothing wrong with wearing a mask. There's some things wrong with mandating it, theoretically. But we're going to get right into it. So one of the first problems that I could think of, just flat out of my head, uh, with a COVID vaccine passport is how are they going to handle religious exemptions? And I did a little bit of research on this. There aren't as many problems as I thought there were. But honestly, that's kind of beside the point because the whole point of a religious exemption and it being protected by the First Amendment is that the government cannot compel you or make any laws that infringe upon your right to practice your religion freely and as you see fit. Now, there are some small sections of the Muslim community, the Jewish community, and even some smaller sections, subsets of Christianity, I believe the part of the Church of the Netherlands or something like that. Uh, they have some guidelines against vaccines. I thought the Jehovah's Witnesses did, but apparently that was incorrect. Uh, they used to, but apparently they changed the rules on that. But I'm sure there are some practicing Jehovah's Witnesses out there that are still anti-vaccine. Um, as far as I know, the Church of Mormon is okay with it. Most, I know the the objections in the Jewish community and the Muslim community, by and large, were because some vaccines use pork-derived products. Um, 
I'm not sure if the COVID vaccine does, honestly, since this is kind of a newer technology, I'm not really sure. But they, the religious leaders, many religious leaders in both of those religions have publicly spoken out saying that, listen, like, yeah, we get, we, we want to avoid pork. However, this is, you know, this is different. This is a medical necessary procedure. So, I mean, hats off to you, but the point still stands. If you as an individual have a religious reason that you do not want to take this vaccine for, and for any religious reason, then compelling you to do so via the law is an infringement on your first amendment rights. It's pretty cut and dry. There's no, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. Now, the real question is, is this justified in the name of the public good? I'm not going to say a hard no in terms of herd immunity and things like that. However, herd immunity, A, herd immunity does not require 100%. It does, re it does require a high percent, but it does not require 100 I forget what the actual numbers are. I think I'm not even going to make a guess because I, I remember I, I heard that number a long time ago, but I can't vouch for it right now and nobody else can talk while I look it up. So we're just going to say we know we need a higher number, especially higher number than we have right now for, for herd immunity. So there's the herd immunity. So in, in this case, you have something like COVID-19, COVID which I will admit it's been a few weeks since I checked it, but the mortality rate is, according to the numbers of CNN, the mortality rate is under 2% in the United States. I think globally, it's somewhere along the lines of like 0.0004%. So I, I, I watched some, somebody did the math using the number of the world population and then the number of COVID deaths worldwide. And it was somewhere around point, I want to say it was three zeros, point zero 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 four. So taking that into consideration, and again, this is, this is where you get in trouble when you're having this type of discussion, because yes, there are people out there. I'm not saying no one has died from COVID and I'm, that's a terrible thing. But at the same time, when we're having this conversation, we're looking in terms of whole numbers, whole big numbers, because again, and I hate to say it this way, but it, it needs to be said, you know, just because some, some people die in car accidents does not justify getting rid of all cars. It's something that we all want to avoid. I don't think there's anyone out there, at least no one of sound mind that is like pro car accident fatalities. I can't imagine that person would be invited to many dinner parties, especially if they were driving. Anyway, so we're not, it kind of gets into how, how, how big of a deal are we going to make about a disease that has a pretty low mortality rate, considering how infectious it is. Now, that's the big thing with COVID-19, and sometimes they kind of forget to bring this part up. The reason COVID-19 is such a big deal is because how easily it infects people, how contagious it actually is. And to a point, I get that. Hence, I'm not anti-vaccine. I'm, I'm against compulsory administration of said vaccine, which I'm pretty much anti-compulsory, you know, administration of pretty much anything. 
The exception to that might be something along the lines of, like, if there was a legitimate Ebola outbreak. See, then I think you would see a very different tune, because Ebola is a much more serious disease and is extremely contagious. Uh, ask anyone who's ever been involved with that, who's been to a, a site of an Ebola outbreak, you know, any of those uh, emergency uh, healthcare workers or aid workers, they will tell you Ebola is no joke. And if there was an Ebola vaccine, honestly, I'd get that motherfucker so quick, like, because I really don't want to get Ebola. Not a fan. And I think that the, a case could be made there for the religious exemption being at least looked at in terms of it being a requirement. But again, like I said earlier, 100% vaccination is not required for herd immunity. Now, granted, these people are vulnerable, more vulnerable, I should say. The whole point of herd immunity is that so the disease doesn't even have enough hosts to latch onto to create a, an epidemic or a pandemic in this case. Uh, but if you are unvaccinated and you are exposed to a disease, you will more than likely get that disease. Herd immunity just prevents the disease from being present. That's how herd immunity works, for those of you that don't know. I'm not trying to talk down to anybody. It's just someone might be watching and not quite know what I'm talking about. But anyway, so the, relig the, the religious exemption is the first problem in terms of the First Amendment. Now, and then we get a little bit dicier here, too, because... You know, there are talks. I don't think anything official in the United States has been decided yet. I know that China already has, or I had read that China already has a required COVID vaccine uh, passport. However, do you really want to imitate China? I mean, I know they're on the human rights, the UN Human Rights Council, but should they really be? Really? Not for nothing, I'm not really going to take, I'm not really going to, you know, imitate or emulate a country that is literally locking people up into legit concentration camps because they are of a, well, in China they would be religious, because they're religious. Uh, for those of you who don't know about that, you can Google Muslims, China, concentration camps, you'll find all sorts of wonderful things that you probably didn't know about if you're unaware. So yeah, not really going to take the lead on China on this one. And I was going to, well, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to say it because it's not, it's not offensive. It's just a fact, especially considering the fact that the virus originated from China. Now, whether it originated in, in bats in the wild, which I think is bullshit, but that's my personal opinion or whether it was accidentally released from a lab, which to me seems much more likely. Because if it came from the wild, why would the Chinese government have lied so much, or not lied per se? Well, no, they did lie. Look at me, I'm trying to go to bat form. I'm trying to be a nice guy. Uh, why would they, A, lie, and B, keep that information from international authorities for so long while they were scrambling to try to clean up their mess? And if you go back and look at it, that's exactly what they were trying to do. They they made a mess. They were trying to clean it up before it became a big deal. Because the information didn't get released as early as it should have, it became a big deal, arguably. Now, it may very well have spread out of China anyway. But the point is, we'll never know. Because what they should have done was called up on the phone and said, Hey, some 
moron accidentally released a virus. We're trying to get it under control, but you should probably, you know, be on the lookout for this kind of stuff. Which I want to point out, for any of you guys who saw the reboot of the Planet of the Apes, and I, I want to say it was Rise of the Planet of the Apes, the first one with Caesar and James Franco, really good movie. The end of that movie is almost exactly what happened with COVID-19. The difference being that the virus, in this case, originated in the United States and spread throughout the world. One dude gets on a plane, and then before you know it, you have a pandemic, because that's how viruses work. That's how diseases work, which is why it's important to head it off, particularly with a virus like COVID-19. Now, to be fair, and I, I, I will agree, there is, there is an inherent problem with the United States and preventing pandemics, and that is the amount of freedom our citizens have. Because in China, it's nothing to shut down a city. It's nothing to shut down a province. They just go in and say, this is closed, and it's done. Not so easy to do here. So if a virus does originate in the United States, you can pretty much bet that sucker's going worldwide. You can pretty much bet, guaranteed. So that's the bad thing. And then it becomes a question, like so many things, like so many, so many hot button topics, it becomes a question of which is more important, safety or freedom. And that's a legitimate question that you honestly have to look at on a case-by-case -case basis. Like I said before, if this was Ebola, I would probably agree and say that safety is the primary concern. But for something like COVID-19... I mean, considering considering the mortality rate and considering the fairly benign nature of it for most people who get it, and again, I know there are people who got COVID-19 and got extremely, even if they didn't die, they got extremely sick from it. I understand that. But again, you have to look at the numbers as a whole, particularly if you're young and healthy. I'll put it to you this way. I'm like 90% sure that I got COVID in February before it became a big thing. And I'll tell you why I think I got COVID. Over the years, I've gotten pretty good at diagnosing myself to the point where I can usually tell if it's bacterial, if it's viral, what the issue is. I can generally speaking self-medicate. If it lasts for more than a week, I go see a doctor. Usually, and like, usually that's because I would be right. But like, if it's a bacterial infection, I don't have antibiotics, obviously, because you need a prescription to get those. So if I'm sick for a week or so, Nine times out of ten, I'll go in, they'll say, yep, you've got some sort of bacterial infection or you have strep or whatever, and they prescribe antibiotics, and I'm fine in, like, two days. You know, generally speaking, I've been able to do that for 30-odd years. Well, not 30 years. Probably, I've probably been able to do that for a good 15 years. Pretty consistently. But I got, and again, sick is kind of a strong word. I felt uncomfortable. Like, I felt sick, but it wasn't nearly bad enough to not go to work. So I went to work. But the weird thing was, is it felt like a viral infection, but it behaved, it was weird. Because nothing I did helped the symptoms at all. So that told me it was viral, but even, it just felt different. And I do remember, I didn't lose my sense of taste, but it was, it was different. There was kind of like this weird, almost desensitized like my taste wasn't as strong as it normally was. And I remember thinking to myself, that stuck out to me because that had never happened before. I was like, huh, that's weird. Anyway, four days later, I'm back to normal. And then 
all this literally by March, all this is going on. And then I heard a gentleman from Australia who had fairly benign symptoms. Like he got over it in, I think he said two days, two or three days, but he listed out all the symptoms and I'm like, yeah, had that. Yep. Had that. That's exactly what I felt like. That's weird. And then plus the fact too, that, you know, I, my, my business did not close at all because we were essential. Uh, we sell building materials, so we were legally essential. We didn't illegally stay open, thank God, because if we had closed, we probably wouldn't still be open right now. But, you know, we never closed, and I never got COVID. When the when it was a pandemic, I never got COVID, which pretty much says to me, between recognizing the symptoms in February and not getting it throughout this entire pandemic, tells me I probably already had it. Which brings me to my next point. <laughs> One of the most frustrating things through this entire ordeal has been, in particular coming from people on the left, because they're the party of science, and they must have forgotten how viruses and inoculation works, because, generally speaking, if you've already had a virus you are probably not going to get it again because your body has created antibodies to fight it off. Now, if the virus mutates, as is in the case of the flu, yes, you can get it again. But if the virus does not change, and I know there are variants, however, if the variants were so different than the COVID vaccine, theoretically, and again, if I'm wrong, Call me on my bullshit. Comment bar. Comment. Well, if you're watching on, if you're watching on a web browser, the comment box or the live chat is right there. If you're on your phone, it's right down there. Call me on my bullshit. But as far as I understand it, if the COVID variants were so different that if you've had COVID before and caught another variant, you would still get sick, then the vaccines would not affect the variants. However. That is not what the news media has been saying for the most part. Granted, they say they're not sure, but in it, information seems to indicate that the COVID-19 vaccine is effective against the variants. So here's my other point. If I've already had COVID, do I need to get the vaccine? Now, I know what they're going to say to this question. They're going to say, yes, you absolutely need to get the vaccine. But to, I don't believe that's the truth. I think that's part of them just trying to get everybody inoculated, which I get, but at the same time, you know, and fun fact, I didn't even know there was a chicken pox vaccine for the longest time until actually a friend of mine who has children said they were getting their kids vaccinated for chicken pox. And I'm just like, what? First of all, why is there a chicken pox vaccine? I don't understand. I know that if you had chicken pox when you were younger, you're more susceptible to shingles when you were older. I get that. But... I'll put it this way. I had the chicken pox when I was younger. Why would I get a chicken pox vaccine? I wouldn't because I'm not going to get chicken pox again. So that's a good way to gauge this for yourself. If you want to know like whether or not you should get the COVID vaccine and you've had COVID, ask your doctor, but don't ask them about COVID. Ask them about the chicken pox. And I'll say, hey, doc. I got the chicken pox when I was like 10. I don't remember how old I was. It was probably around 8 or 10. Anyway, I got the chicken pox when I was 10. Do I need to get a vaccine? And they're going to tell you, no. Why would you need to get a vaccine? And then you, if you really want to go, you'd be like, well, then why do I need to get the COVID vaccine? 
if I already had COVID. This is, of course, predicated on you already having a confirmed case of COVID, which I think I'm still going to. I, I want to get the antibody test just to see, because I'm, I'm curious, if nothing else. I'd like to know whether or not I was right there. But that's the second problem with, you know, mandating the vaccine itself. So, which again, I'm not suggesting this vaccine is harmful. Like, I'm not. But to me, it just seems like it unnecessary because if I already, if I or anyone already have the antibodies in my body, then I don't need to get injected with more antibodies a second time. It's just, it's, it's not necessary. Now... Fortunately, it's not like they have a dosage shortage considering they're throwing a bunch of them away. Um, but yeah, it's just, to me, that seems unnecessary. Now, the big one here is they're talking about travel restrictions and venue restrictions. Now, this is where it gets dicey. And, and they know this because here's, here's the thing. Venues are a little bit different because most of the time you only have like one big stadium in a city. So if they mandate, like if, if I'm getting off on a tangent, so I'll say government mandating of these things, which again, in some cases would be a far overreach. Uh, things like flying, that would be relatively easy for the government to do. They just make it a requirement of the FAA, not FFA, FAA. FFA is a whole nother Future Farmers Association. You know, the FAA, if they make that a requirement, then airlines have to abide. You would have to, you know, show your COVID passport or whatever, proof, proof that you have been vaccinated to get on a plane. Apart from that just being a giant hassle, it's, it's, it's going to create a black market. It's going to. I, get, I guarantee it. If they require that, you are going to have full black market businesses creating fake COVID uh, vaccine passports, which, to be fair, is incredibly stupid because at that point, just go get the vaccine. But I digress. And you know how I know this? Because there are people and companies, they're they're, well, they're not legit, but there are companies that make fake IDs. If you're not going to stop people under 21 from buying booze, you are definitely not going to stop, you know, snowbirds in their 60s from going down to Florida on a plane because they ain't driving. They will find a way, and they are heavily Republican. <laughs> which then we run into a problem of enforcement, which I've said previously on the podcast. The left is extremely good at creating laws that are virtually unenforceable because what are you going to do if let's say the federal government makes mandates these things but then you have states like i don't know texas florida tennessee probably indiana probably well maybe not georgia but alabama for sure probably would craft some some sort of state legislation now they can't do anything about interstate travel per se but they could probably do something to the effect of well in this state you don't require you don't require a covid passport which becomes a problem because then so it's it's just a, it's a it seems to be a never ending cycle sorry about that it seems to be a never ending cycle oh my god 
sustains going. A never-ending cycle of, you know, just basically people shuffling from state to state. It, it's already happened with California and taxation. That's why so many businesses and so many people have left or are in the process of leaving California for other places, which, fun prediction on this one, which I'm just going to put this in for posterity. If California keeps going the way it's going, I legitimately think you are going to see, uh, for those of you that know, there's it comes up every few, every few years about California becoming multiple states. I think at one point it was actually on a ballot where they were going to separate California into four states. Um, I don't know that it'll be all four, but I can definitely see California at least splitting in two. If they keep going the way they're going, I can definitely see that. And it will become, it'll essentially become red California and blue California, guaranteed. Unless something just drastically changes. Which, fun fact about California, while we're on the subject, apparently Caitlyn Jenner is running for governor. And <laughs> that's another one that's going to be fun to watch because, so I follow some left-leaning pages on Facebook because it's always wise to see what both sides are saying about a given subject. And I thought to myself, there there was a post that I saw. Oh, okay, it was Occupy Democrats. I'm not trying to keep... But it was basically... It was a meme that had a picture of Caitlyn Jenner and it said it is... A, it is uh, and I'm quoting verbatim here. It is important to use correct pronouns... I don't know if it said correct or preferred, but anyway, or appropriate. Something to the effect of it is important to use uh, preferred pronouns for Caitlyn Jenner. And then right underneath that, it said it is also important that you do not vote for her. And my logical leaning head just went, mm, what? Because, and already in my mind, I'm like, well... <laughs> And again, any, anybody on the left will argue with me on this, but it's like, wait, doesn't that make you transphobic? Or at least you could be accused of being transphobic. Because I don't think that actually makes you transphobic because that's one of the rare occasions when people on the left are looking at somebody based upon their you know, preferences and policy and making the decision. I'm fine with that. I like that. That's what I like. I like it when people are judged based on policy, not because of what groups they belong to. However... <laughs> A smart-ass conservative or libertarian or anyone who's not like a really far left-leaning individual could just, you know, and again, it would be in jest. You couldn't seriously accuse someone of being transphobic because of this. I mean, you can, but you would be wrong, or at least you would probably be wrong. But then I thought to myself, I was actually talking to a friend of mine, and I was like, wouldn't it be great if Caitlyn Jenner was running against a heterosexual white man? And then I thought to myself, I'm like, wait a minute, I'm pretty sure California's governor is a straight white man. And sure enough, <laughs> Caitlyn Jenner is going to be running up against a straight white man. So this is going to be entertaining. I was going to say hilarious, but I don't know how funny it's going to be, but it's going to be entertaining for sure because Caitlyn Jenner is running as a Republican. This is going to be a fun one. It's definitely going to be a fun one to watch. But anyway, back to COVID passports. Again, I see people watching. I want to see comments. Engage in the discussion, even if you think I'm wrong and stupid. 
Only thing we ask is that you be respectful. And even if you're disrespectful, we will just, we will continue to be respectful during the conversation. But as I say, if anybody ever comments and it becomes disrespectful to the point where it's distracting or not even annoying, because you can annoy me all you want. I really don't care. But if it becomes distracting, like, we'll just ignore you. That's the only time we're going to ignore anybody is if they're just being so uncivil and ridiculous that it's become a distraction. But we definitely, we welcome differing opinions. We haven't gotten very many yet, but we would like to see them because I, I always enjoy talking to people whose opinions are different from mine because my mind has been changed a few times because I've been presented with information that I was unaware of or a position that I did not know. And I want this to happen with the COVID vaccine because I am so confused because it's a, it's a mixture of what I know. And granted, I'm no biologist. I'm not a scientist, but I remember you know, high school biology class, and what I'm hearing doesn't jive with what an actual science teacher taught me, so I'm wondering who's wrong here. And then plus, we have to remember, too, here's the other thing about the COVID vaccine and passports and even mask wearing in general, is if you remember back in the very beginning, the infallible Dr. Fauci himself, again, went on national television and said, you don't need to wear a mask. Now, since then, we've learned why he said that. And it's because we had an insufficient supply of personal protective equipment, PPE, and they wanted to ensure that they had adequate supplies for healthcare workers. I, I, okay, I defended Trump on not wanting to cause a panic, and I will defend, you know, well, this is during the Trump administration, but I digress. I, 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 <sighs> okay. So this is an example of what's known politically as the noble lie, or at least it should be considered. You know, yes, he lied. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. Dr. Fauci lied to the American people. The reason why he did it, I'm not even going to say I agree with it, but I understand it. Like, I understand what he was thinking. Just like I keep saying, I understand why if Trump had this information, which again, I don't, we've gone over this on the podcast before. Dates don't quite add up. I do believe Trump, the Trump administration knew more than they were letting on, but there were still a lot of uncertainties at the time. But let's just, for the sake of this example, let's assume that he knew everything. You know, I can defend to a certain point not wanting to cause a panic because look what happened. I couldn't buy toilet paper for weeks. You couldn't find hand sanitizer anywhere and good luck finding any sort of face mask. Like, and this, it got ridiculous. Like, there are still memes about the toilet paper shortage of 2020. And there are going to be. And I guarantee you, our children, our great-great, our children, our great-grandchildren, our grandchildren, all of them are going to ask, you know, so-and-so, hey, was it, did they really just, like, take all the toilet paper? And we'll be like, yeah. We failed as a country for a minute there. Not going to lie. So, again... I can understand, to a point, not wanting to cause a panic. But that doesn't change the fact that we were lied to. And I think anyone who thinks for themselves looks at that and then looks what we're being looks at what we're being told now, because now we're being told to double mask. And um, double masking is dumb. It doesn't... If the one mask doesn't work, why would two... Like, it... These are microscopic organisms. It, 
And it, okay. So, yes, a mask is more effective than not wearing a mask. But when you get to a certain size of organism, it's irrelevant. And in fact, next time you're looking at those masks, look on the look look on the packaging. It will tell you that they are not unless you get the M95s or the medical grade ones, they will tell you they are not intended for medical use and do not protect against viruses, this, that, and the other. Like it's on the box. It's written on the box. It's literally there, particularly the cloth ones. Like it, it, it it's there in plain English, y en espanol, et français, and Canada. Anyway. No. What do you mean, Sosa? What do you mean, no? No to what? Or no, you won't want to chat? Yes, smartass. Anyway. I got excited. Somebody chatted. Now I'm off on, got off on my, uh, this is harder than it looks. Just rambling for an hour and trying to be quasi-entertaining. Where was I? So the double the double masking like I'll just flat out say it I'm I'm not that's that's dumb and I would also like to point out and I cannot I can't speak for everywhere however I have reason to believe that there's a whole lot of fuck it going on in terms of masks in most places for example here in Indiana I'm seeing a ton of people say even people that were hardcore. You know, like, into mask wearing, into social distancing. Everybody's just saying, fuck it. Not everybody, but so many people are just saying, fuck it. Because they're done. They're tired. And then Fauci is on there talking about how it could be next year before they lift. Man, it's like, man, stop. Just stop. Like, if if people are getting vaccinated and not being able to take their masks off, then why? Like, why? Then what's the point? If we're just going to keep wearing masks, then what's the point of getting vaccinated? Wow, I sound just like Ben Shapiro there. Anyway, yeah, if we're all getting vaccinated, then why and then why are we still wearing masks? Like, why? <laughs> uh, anyway. So, yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see because I think, I think what you're going to see is more and more people continuing to say, fuck it. And I made a prediction a little while ago. I honestly can't remember if it was recorded or not, but I think... I think it's going to happen soon, very soon. You're going to see a very quick shift happen because if you remember at the start of the pandemic, the people who refused to wear masks were the ones that were like being made fun of and being called crazy and being called stupid. And I think you're going to reach a certain point, and I don't think it's that far off, when people who are still wearing masks are, going to, are the ones that are going to be ridiculed for being paranoid and stupid and not following science and I, it, I'm just going to be massively entertained when that happens. Not going to lie. I look forward to that day. But I mean, even inside retail settings, you know, and there are still signs posted and there are so, I see so many people that are just not even wearing masks. There are entire towns where the whole town has basically said, fuck it. You know, they're done. They're done. And I've not seen anybody jump anybody and like even if people are wearing masks like they're still they got the nose exposed which completely negates the whole point of wearing the damn mask said that from day one uh, nobody's social distancing anymore even at the gym like i mean i 
I'm I'm a fan of wiping down equipment when you're done anyway because like it's just cleaner. So that's never bothered me. But I see people saying fuck it. And hell, I'll put it to you this way: I'm not going to say which one, but even at the gym I go to, like a lot of times the paper towel dispensers are empty. So like you you can't wipe it down if you want to because nobody's refilled the paper towel thing. If you're lucky, there's one reasonably close by. But I've been there before where they were pretty much all empty, or at least as far as I could see. So, I mean, take that into consideration. Like I said, I'm not going to out anybody because I don't want anybody to get in trouble. And I don't want anybody to get snitched on. But it, I think for the most part, most people are pretty much over it. They're ready to go back to normal. <clears throat> I think people are ready to go back in public. And the traveling influx is evidence of that. <clears throat> And then you have Fauci going on TV and saying things like, you know, Florida is being crazy. And meanwhile, as far as I know, cases in Florida have not dramatically spiked, if they've spiked at all. I think some someone told me, and I, I can't verify this, so I'm not going to say it's like a hard fact, but someone had told me that cases in Florida are going down. And then on the Joe Rogan podcast, because they're in Texas now, they were talking about how Fauci was asked, you know, why, why the numbers weren't going up in Texas. And then he responded with saying essentially that, well, the people in Texas must be behaving to which young Jamie or Joe Rogan said that young Jamie responded with like, have you been to fucking Texas? Like apparently nobody's doing it. What doesn't surprise me. If you've never met pretty much anybody from Texas, at least not a recent move to Texas, they're probably not hardcore on board the mask wearing. But like I was saying, this brings us back to travel. So, I mean, all to, to me, all requiring a COVID passport is going to do is create a black market and or damage the airline industry even more. Now, that's only if the government mandates it. Now, and I, I've said this kind of half as a joke, but half serious. Let's say that some of the big airlines decide, well, the government's not going to make us do it, but we're going to enforce it. Guarantee you, Frontier and Spirit Airlines... Watch it. Be, and I'm, I'm watching it because if the bigger airlines like your Deltas and your, I'm drawing a complete blank here, your, just your bigger airlines, if they require it, I'm going to be investing in any airline that doesn't require me because that's what everyone is going to fly, hands down. Like, if I were Frontier and the government's not making me do it, the first thing I would do is say, hey, we don't require a COVID passport. And my stock is going to soar. Because I know people who, I know plenty, I know of plenty of people who, even if they got their vaccine and had their card, they would fly Frontier just out of principle. And then there's all the people that didn't want to get the vaccine and didn't, didn't want to get the, the, the card, the passport, what have you. And then, you know, it's, it's just... It's going to happen. And then another thing that might happen, let's say this happens to the airline industry, but let's say it doesn't happen to, say, the rail industry. I think you'll probably see an influx in train travel if, if that happens. Now, I w it would stand to reason that if the government's going to require airlines to do it, they were to require trains to do it. However, if that happens, they might not think about the trains until you see that spike already. Which, when all that happens, then it's going to become a pissing contest between states because some, I guarantee you, the more blue states are going to require it, 
to cross state lines, which, I mean, technically that gets into a legal, a dicey legal area. And then you have red states that will literally have tourism campaigns that say, come here, we don't require the COVID passport. We don't require it. Come to Florida, come to Disney. We'll Disney World, not Disneyland, because Disneyland's in California. But the, it's going to happen one way or another. It, it all depends on what direction the government goes in as, in terms of what's going to happen. But once, I guarantee you, and I will say it on the podcast time and time again, once we know for sure what the government's going to do, I will make predictions, and I almost I, I would guarantee, unless something just crazy happens, completely unexpected, you can see what direction companies, states, and the country is going to go based on what the federal government does. Which this brings me to my last point, and probably the biggest issue I have with the COVID passports, and that is the precedent that it sets. Actually, I'm going to get back to that because I just had another thought um, in terms of voter ID. So plenty of people on the left have been complaining about voter ID. And I'll just point blank, they're calling it racist, which I'm not going to get into that. Uh, I will say, as far as I know, you know, we've required voter ID in Indiana since I, since I voted, since I started voting. I've voted in three elections. No, four elections. My bad. No, five elections. Wait, how many elections have we voted in? I, I want to say five. I might be throwing an extra one in there just for funsies. It's been four or five. I honestly can't remember. No, four. My bad. Four. I knew that sounded wrong. Anyway, not important. But in the four elections that I voted in, Indiana has required voter ID, and it's never really been an issue as far as I've heard. Now, granted, I'm a white guy. I know, shocker, right? So, uh, I'll put it this way. If voter ID is a problem for minority communities, I have not heard about it. Now, that doesn't mean it's not. I'm just saying I've not heard about it. So, again, call me on my bullshit if I'm wrong. But to me, and again, I'm not going into whether or not that's racist. I'm just saying if requiring a voter ID is racist, then how is the COVID passport not racist? Because, and the reason I say this, is because, and this is well documented on the media, they repeatedly said that part of one of the largest, you know, communities that they're trying to get outreach to the vaccine for is minority communities, communities of color, as they put it. And when they say that, what they mean is black community, but they've, they've said minority communities and communities of color. So if these are the communities that are least likely to currently get the vaccine, then how is not, and then how is having a COVID vaccine passport not racist? I would like someone to explain this to me, which I'll, I'll restate again. If the issue is lack of ability to get the required card in question, if it's true for voter ID, then how is it not also true for the COVID vaccine when it's been established that the communities that they are most worried about getting people vaccinated are minority communities? If that is true, which again, 
I don't know if it's true or not. Based on what I've heard, it seems to be, because there seems to be a healthy level of skepticism in these uh, minority communities, particularly, again, from what I've heard and read, particularly in the black community, there seems to be a lot of skepticism with the vaccine. Understandable. You want to know why? There's many reasons why, but if you want to know one major reason why, you can look up the uh, Tuskegee incidents, condensed version. Uh, they told people, they told black people in the South and Tuskegee, Alabama, that they were giving them a vaccine for syphilis and they were actually giving them syphilis. This actually happened. You can look it up. So I can understand why these communities would be a little skeptical of uh, the government telling them to take this vaccine. And that's not even going into everything that's been going on uh, in terms of racial relations in the country. So again, I digress. I don't understand how one is racist and one's not. And I'm kind of surprised that nobody is talking about this, which tells me that it's all political anyway, because if it was a legitimate concern it honestly wouldn't matter where you lean politically. Like, if something is racist, then it's racist. It doesn't matter if you're liberal or conservative. It, it doesn't. If something is racist, then it is racist. And if we can't agree on that, then we really need to re-examine what we're talking about in terms of... Like, because if you're going to debate a topic, you have to agree on the definition of the topic. This is actually one of the things that Steven Crowder does extremely well. It's one of the few things he does well. Yeah, that's right. We all thought I was a conservative. <laughs> I, I give Steven Crowder a lot of shit. But one of the things he does really well in his Change My Mind segments is they he establishes mutual definitions of terms. And if they disagree, they have, they have to find a definition that they can both agree on before they talk about a subject. Which is one of the things he does well. Basic logic, A equals A, B equals B, A cannot equal B. So, again, if voter ID is racist, I would like someone to explain to me how a COVID passport, a COVID vaccine passport is not racist. If what they're saying about these minority communities is, in fact, true. Because one of these things is it has to be false, just looking at it logically. So, anyway, back to my biggest concern with these COVID uh passports is the precedent that it will set because this is another thing the left seems to do fairly often which i guess it's in its very nature of progressivism versus conservatism but anyway this will set a precedent and it's not a good one there's already been people up in arms and people taking their kids out of homeschool for regular, like, vaccines that most of us got when we were kids in order to go to public school. Now, those, I get, because like I said at the beginning of the show, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I'm a big fan of vaccines. But I'm a big fan of the vaccines of diseases that are a really big deal, like, deadly. Like, I am a big fan of the fact that polio is no longer around. I'm a big fan of the fact that measles, for the most part, is not around. It's something we don't have to worry about. Mumps, rubella, smallpox, all these things are problems that we in the United States do not have to worry about. And I think that we take it for granted sometimes. The flu shot is a little bit different. Don't need to go into that. And the reason 
for all the conspiracy theorists out there. The reason is because the flu virus mutates so often and so heavily that you basically have to have a new round of vaccines every year. That's another topic for another time. But I'm talking about the vaccines where you get once and then you're done. And you will not get that. You won't get that disease. Tetanus is another one. I think most of us have stepped on a rusty nail, and I'm a big fan of not getting tetanus. Luckily, all I have to go in is get a shot. That actually happened to me. I actually had to get my immunization uh, delayed a year because I stepped on a nail, and I had to get a tetanus booster so I couldn't get the other vaccines. Fun story. Anyway, so I'm a fan of vaccines. I'm not, and again, this is where it gets dicey because you're talking about kids. With something like, again, like I said, you have to look at these things on a case-by-case -case basis because it all depends on how infectious the disease is, what are the symptoms, what are the health risks associated, is it is everyone vulnerable, or are there special cases where you know a certain subset of people might be more, more vulnerable? You have to look at the whole picture and make a decision based on the individual parameters of a particular disease. For stuff like measles, yes, I'm in the camp of, I, if, if I have kids and they're going to be around your kids, I don't want your kids having measles. Now, that being said, I've vaccinated my kids in, in this example, because I don't have children, but in this example, I would have vaccinated, my kids would have been vaccinated for measles, period. And to my knowledge, again, could be wrong, this is the average intelligence podcast, not the super intelligence podcast. So if I'm wrong, call the bullshit. And we will respond in a respectful and appreciative manner. To my knowledge, um, measles is one of those diseases where if you've been inoculated, you will not get it. I know that we've had measles outbreaks, but as far as I know, those have been in religious communities that are anti-vaccination or households where the parents refuse to get their kids vaccinated for the measles or what, what have you. So in that, if I'm correct in all of my assumptions there, then I really don't care if your kid's vaccinated for measles because mine is. And even if your kid gets measles, my kid's not going to get infected. Again, if all my presuppositions are correct. Here's the problem. Going back on the religious liberty and all that. If you're going to require a COVID vaccine passport, then what's to stop you from mandating a measles vaccine passport or let's take it to a really ridiculous place a flu vaccine passport which again opens up all the same cans of worms as with the covid one religious exemptions medical exempt that's something i didn't even touch on what are they going to what are they going to do with people that have medical exemptions who have known allergies to vaccine ingredients like and there are medical conditions in which people cannot be given vaccines because it will fucking kill them what are they going to do with them i assume they're going to give them a card that gives them a medical excuse but you know i know there's going to be some asshole at tsa that doesn't know the regulations and is not going to let this person get on a flight because they don't have the covid passport it's gonna happen it's just going to happen. Again, this will be in the minority, which again, that's why I didn't touch on, uh, and I forget which one. I want to say it was the Johnson & Johnson, I, I, but don't quote me. I could be wrong. But one of them, one of the COVID vaccines was linked to, possibly linked to some blood, blood, blood clot complications. Say that fast six times. 
I don't know if that was in fact the vaccine. It seem, evidence seems to suggest that in some people it causes some people for some reason to get some blood clots. Which again, I know I'm jumping all over the place here, but I keep having random thoughts. So the other part about vaccinations, and this is just my opinion, this is how I look at it, and really not just vaccinations, but medical treatment in general, is I, I do a cost-benefit analysis as to whether or not I'm going to do something. So I look at the potential cons of, so let's assume, let's use COVID as an example. What is going to happen to me if I get COVID? Now, in my early 30s, reasonably healthy, you know, don't get sick all that often. And when I do, it's usually fairly benign, you know, a couple days, worst case scenario. Haven't gotten the legit flu for, God, it's been over a decade. Like, I just, I, I, I don't get very sick that often. Now, I'm going to look at this like, and again, let's even forget the fact that I'm pretty sure I had COVID. Knowing what I know about COVID, it's probably not going to hit me that hard from a statistical perspective. Is that raining? It just started raining and it sounds weird somewhere, but anyway. You know, from, from a risk perspective, my risk of COVID is extremely low. Now, let's look at the vaccine. Now, I, and again, I'm, I'm not consp I'm not going to Alex Jones this. Like, the likelihood of me getting a blood clot is extremely low. However, the likelihood of me getting a blood clot from the vaccine goes down to zero if I don't take that vaccine. The likelihood of me getting COVID at this point is still statistically high, assuming that I didn't already have it. But for the sake of this example, let's just assume I already have it. I would much rather be kind of sort of sick for a few days than get a blood clot. Like to me, no contest. Now, do I believe I would get a blood clot? Probably not. But these vaccines aren't exactly, I don't even want to say they're not tried and true because I know they went through testing, but I mean, it, it's new. And I think a little bit of healthy skepticism is not only, well, healthy, but I think it's wise because of how quickly they release. Now, again, if you've been watching the podcast, I called that. I said when Trump was still president that we were going to have a vaccine out later that year. And lo and behold, we did. Granted, it was at the tail end of the year. But it was still what much earlier than everybody else was saying in the mainstream media, which you got to love how quickly that tune changed once Biden got sworn in, which I also called. And you can watch on the older episodes of the Average Intelligence podcast. You can check out the channel just down below there. Check out the channel or there's also a playlist of all the episodes on my YouTube page, youtube.com slash media. That's A-R-A-T-E media, like right there. And that's it in Greek. But I think this could, and again, like I said, it's my biggest issue. This could set a very, a very dangerous precedent. And I'm never a fan of the government taking over more aspects of our lives. And this would be a big one. This would also be another ID you have to carry around. And there are talks of an app. It's like, oh, great. So now our medical history is, you know, on our phones because that's historically been super secure. I would like to point out exhibit A and B of the fappening. Smartphones are not that secure. 
and I would rather not have my medical information on my cell phone. Not going to lie. Now, granted, my medical history is somewhat uneventful, although I do have x-rays and at least two textbooks. Fun stories for another time. But I don't like I don't like the precedent that this sets because again this can it, it can lead to a, and I don't I don't I don't want it I don't want to require that kind of a card in order to get on a plane or a boat or a train or a, a plane a train or an automobile I am already required to be licensed to drive a car which I agree with and I'm a fan of because I've been in a car in Mexico and let me tell you I am a big fan of how people drive in the United States because if you haven't been outside of the country and seen how other people drive Canada notwithstanding it is pretty dangerous out there traffic laws are optional almost died in Paris because I thought a red light actually meant stop there <laughs> no that is optional cross the street at your own peril also saw an ambulance with its lights on legitimately stuck in traffic Go USA. But yeah. In closing, because I've rambled on for long enough, I bet. But in closing, I just think there are a lot of unanswered questions and they're really trying to rush this. Because I, I honestly, I agree that this should at least be a discussion. Having some sort of proof that you, you have gotten the vaccine should be a discussion. I fall in the camp of I don't think the passport idea should be required for all the reasons I laid out previously. If you missed it and are just joining us, don't worry. The stream will be available for review uh, in a couple hours after it finishes processing. It'll be right here on the uh, Average Intelligence Podcast channel. But I think that, like I said, I think the most dangerous, the, the worst potential outcome of this will be the precedent that it sets because if they start with COVID, they can literally justify anything because once you get the first one then it's just they did the same thing with taxes you know you get the first ones and then it's easier and easier to justify just gets easier and easier okay well i think that'll wrap it up we'll just spend the next couple of minutes making some announcements um as always check out the average intelligence podcast wednesday nights at 9 30 p.m eastern standard time you can also check out my second podcast if you're a fan of Pro Wrestling, which is supposed to be every other Sunday at 8 p.m. We might be changing the date and time just for schedule reasons, but we'll make an announcement on that. Our most recent episode was actually done on Tuesday. I don't remember the day, but we had to switch the day because of scheduling reasons. But anyway, it is live on the RSA Media channel. You can go watch it. We talked about Pretty much talked about Kenny Omega for the bulk of it. And then the releases that happened from WWE and AEW. Check that out if you're a wrestling fan. Also check out Arte Media for all the other content we put out. We do a lot of, I should say we, I do a lot of different things on my channel. And there's some more stuff coming, so check that out. Uh, as always, you can check out our official Arte Media and Average Intelligence Podcast merch in the link below, our Teespring store. You should buy a shirt because they're actually really, really nice. I was amazed how nice they are. We went with the premium t-shirts, not the cheaper ones. That's why they're a little bit more. But I did adjust the price. So our shirts should be some of the cheapest on Teespring because I did not go with their recommended pricing because that is too damn expensive. 
$30 for a t-shirt is too damn expensive, if you ask me. What else we got? If you've been paying attention to the All Events Welcome Championship, you know that Ben retained his title in the UNO game. However, I won a number one contendership spot, and I challenged him for beer pong. We will be playing at a later date. Fun fact, I do not drink, so my beer pong skills are mediocre at best. But when I did play it, I did better than I thought I was going to do, so thought that would be fun. And apparently Ben has only played it once, too, so this should be hysterically laughable. Um, and then probably the most exciting thing, at least the thing that I'm most excited about, is we all saw the Mortal Kombat, the new Mortal Kombat movie over the weekend, and I got to talk to Eric about this, but I kind of want to invite Ben on, too, because apparently they both disagree with me, because I thought that movie was a steaming pile of shit. And they both liked it. So I don't think next week, but I think the week after, I think Eric's back. Like I said, we'll make an announcement. But I cannot wait to spend an hour or two just tearing that movie a new asshole because it deserves every bit of it. It was not good. Uh, and if you disagree with me, please watch the podcast when I trash it. And we will discuss via the comment box. I think that'll wrap it up for now. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we had a few viewers throughout the night, not too many comments, but like I said, the episode will be available for streaming later after it processes. Um, if you're catching this on, you know, not on the live broadcast, again, feel free to comment. I will answer. I will respond. It'll be under RT Media most likely, but I will respond to any queries, criticisms, attaboys, any of it. I promise I will respond. Well, I think that'll wrap it up for tonight. Hope everybody enjoyed yourself. Stay safe out there. If you want to get the vaccine, get the vaccine. If you don't want to get the vaccine, don't get it until they make you. Totally up to you. Freedom of choice is a great thing. That's why I love the good old US of A. But until next time, stay safe, all that. Mask up if you want. Don't mask up if you don't want. But be respectful for everybody. That's the only request I make. Have a good